You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, March 1st. We have made it to March. My name is Lucas Smith. Host of the podcast, the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, and this is the first of five shows this week. That's right, we've got five shows this week, five wonderful shows. We've got some exciting content coming out, and they are also going to be more to closer to 22 to, to 25 minutes, maybe breaking that half hour mark. But with the uh, Locked On Podcast Network doing such great things and great growth, we have increased the length of the MLB Network shows. So it's very exciting stuff, and the first show of this week is brought to you by the wonderful people at Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. So t- so we got some good content this week. So across today, tomorrow, and possibly Wednesday, depending on, on timing, um, the guys that the, of the NL Central teams and I, or no, it'll be just today and tomorrow, uh, the NL Central and I uh, have compiled a little bit of a roundtable. And we kind of gave an, a general overview of the of the division and how we see the division shaping out. We basically just did one massive crossover event. It was super fun recording it with, with Ethan of the Locked On Pirates, Jake of Locked On Brewers, Sean of Locked On Cubs, and Jeff of Locked On Reds. Super exciting stuff. Um, so that the part one is coming out today. Part two is coming out tomorrow, and then part three or no, I'm sorry, on Wednesday it's a different crossover. Uh, we're we're doing. Uh, the division days here on the podcast network over the MLB side of things, where all the divisions are doing crossovers on Wednesdays of spring training with teams among the divisions. So by the time you, you get to all the, um, but by, by the time opening day comes, we'll have all division crossovers done. Um, and the first one this week is coming up on Wednesday. Sean and I, uh, Sean Sears, who you guys have listened to before are getting set to record a, a crossover. And we're super excited for that. So, um, Keep your, keep your eyes out and open for that. Um, but before we get into the crossover today, we had baseball yesterday. And we can take baseball with a grain of salt right now in terms of stats and things like that. But it's just nice to be able to watch Cardinal baseball. And I know that with Fox Sports Midwest and the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, uh, uh, group and the whole... Um, you know, they've left a bunch of streaming services. There's, I think, only AT&T streaming service is able to get Fox Sports Midwest right now uh, or DirecTV or cable. Uh, I think um, maybe, maybe Comcast, but very limited options is what I'm getting at. So I'm sure there's some back road, back way to watch it, um, to stream it. But luckily, I'm here on campus and I've got cable. So I was able to watch it that way. Uh, but I know a lot of you are struggling to watch it right now. Uh, I can only hope that we have some options, uh, more options to watch it. Um, before the season starts, before the real baseball starts. But I was shocked yesterday when I saw the starting lineup because it was all of the regulars plus Matt Carpenter in at the designated hitter spot. And I, I, I did not expect that. I think, I mean, obviously it didn't last very long. I think Arenado played two innings, Flaherty threw, uh, I think just one inning plus. Nobody was in there past the third or fourth innings, if I remember correctly. Um but, but still, it, it was interesting to see not one prospect in, in the starting lineup that they that Schilt kind of rolled out with the starting nine. And I think it's going to be very close to the starting lineup we see on April 1st against Cincinnati. And Schilt was very open about that um, because you had Edmund at second. 
leading off, then Karp was a DH, then Goldschmidt, Arenado at first and third, and then I th- it was it was DeYoung after that, then Yachty, um, Carlson, O'Neill, Bader. I forget the the order to, to round it up. But with all the spring training things, uh, <laughs> batting with the box scores uh, all over the place. But I'm just going to give my general takeaways. I'm not going to go super in depth as to what the game looked like because it you know a lot of it again is just take it with a grain of salt because a lot of times in spring training you have pitchers working on certain pitches, so you know they might not be super effective. But at the same time. You know, it's time for prospects to shine. I was really impressed with Thomas Parsons as well as Connor Jones, as well as Roel Ramirez. Pitched an inning, didn't give up any runs, which is a shock considering what he gave up against, uh, I think it was Chicago when he gave up two or three home runs in a row. But um, other than that, I thought Alex Reyes looked really electric. I thought Jack, well, let's let's talk about Jack Flaherty. Uh, Flaherty, I thought, got squeezed uh, a lot in the first inning, especially with Angel Hernandez behind the uh, plate. And if you guys are new listeners or, or maybe haven't talked about it very much, but I'm not one to usually bash on the umpires. I'm an umpire myself, so I, I try and stay out of it. But there were a couple of calls there in the first inning that Angel Hernandez missed. And because he's Angel Hernandez, people get on him even more. So I I, I get it. Um, he it is what it is at the end of the day. Humans are going to be human, and that's a conversation for another time. But I did think he was squeezed, um, and he told, I think, Ben uh, Hockman or Hochman after the game that he was just terrible wouldn't even let Ben ask any other questions. Uh, he just thought that, that he was terrible, and I thought his stuff was good. Yeah, he wasn't able to, to locate. He had three walks of the four hits. I think he only gave up two or three hits above 95 miles an hour uh, off the bat, so it's okay. I'm, I'm not super concerned about Flaherty, not, not just yet because, you know, like I said, it's – you know, at the time of the game, it was, it was still February, so not even into March yet. But as we get into March, um, you know, I'll, I'll take the next round of games maybe a little bit more seriously because at the same time, at the same token, there there are less spring training games this year. But uh, behind him, you know, Gallego struck out two in the ninth inning. Like I said, Jones looked really well. So pitching was, was pretty good for the most part. I was pretty impressed with the pitching staff. Hitting, you know, obviously only scoring four runs, two of them on an error in the last inning. You know, maybe not, might not be some, you know, something to write home about, but I was impressed that all three starting outfielders got a hit in O'Neill, Carlson, and Bader. Bader even had an RBI. I'm pretty sure Bader and Carlson were the two. Maybe even O'Neill. I forget which three outfielders had, uh, you know, hard hit balls, which are balls 95 and up, I think. But it was good to see uh, Bader get an extra base hit. Um, always some cause for concern. Uh, the Cardinals were two for 10 with runners scoring position left on, you know, eight runners left on base. You don't like to see that, but. It is what it is. Like I said, first game, not reading too much into it. Uh, the only one thing I want to talk about from this game is <laughs> Nolan Arenado gets his first at bat um, in in spring training. First first at bat in a corner uniform in spring training. First game, which is usually not the time for debuts in terms of big players like that, like I mentioned, and limited fan capacity because of COVID, he still gets a standing ovation. In a spring training game, that's remarkable. I know Trey Mancini also got it in Baltimore, but that was for completely different reasons. Congrats to him. But for Nolan Arenado to get a standing ovation, you think in Jupiter, Florida, in spring training, you think the Cardinals are going to be excited to see him in, in St. Louis? Can you imagine what the ovation is going to be like April 8th, I think it is, for, for opening day in St. Louis? It's going to be absolutely insane. The Cardinal fan base... And I might be biased, but I, I think Cardinals have one of, the, one of, if not the best, fan base in baseball. Cannot wait to see Nolan Arenado 
in St. Louis on April 8th. It can't get here soon enough, and I myself am also excited to see him man third base in a corner uniform at Bush Stadium. Can't wait. So that's all I got to say about the spring training game. Uh, it, it is what it is. A couple news and notes as well. Miles Michaelis will not be pitching the simulated game today. Uh, Cardinals are being extra cautious with him. And uh, Adam Wainwright is set to start the uh, next exhibition game on Wednesday. So those are the uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday at noon is the next uh, slate there. I've got class until 1150, um, and I don't have cable on campus, so it'll take me a little bit to get back to watch the game, but I will do the best that I can uh, to watch it, and if not, I'll be sure to catch the condensed game and uh, everything like that. So without further ado, those are my thoughts on the spring training game, and now I'm going to play part one. It's going to end a kind of kind of mid-conversation a little bit, just as a heads up, but part one of the um, conversation with, with Ethan, Jake, Jeff, Sean, and myself, um, it'll end mid-conversation, so um, just be aware of that. Part two coming up tomorrow. But before I get to that, I do want to thank our lovely sponsors. One of those sponsors being Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And as you guys are well aware... Baseball is just around the corner. They've already got some props and some futures up on the website right now. And if sports isn't isn't your thing, maybe you want to bet on some awards, TV shows, or reality TV. Bet Online has you covered there as well with real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, and it's the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Head over to the website right now, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked on. That means if you give $100 into the promo code, you'll get an extra $50 to bet on your favorite sports action. Once again, that promo code for your 50% welcome bonus, locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've got everything you need to know about the St. Louis Cardinals, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. It's still the offseason, but spring training is upon us, and we have a massive, massive NL Central Roundtable crossover show heading your way. We've got hosts from all five NL Central teams. My name is Lucas Smith, host of Locked On Cardinals. We've also got Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, Sean Sears of Locked On Cubs, Jake Mastiorani of Locked On Brewers, and Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. I know this is, you guys are all going to answer it once, but how are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing great. Doing all right. Can't complain. <laughs> I'll answer last. I'm doing fine since before the Pirate finishes. <laughs> I am very happy. I'm, I'm glad we got a full division, man. Like, we haven't had too many seasons where we've had a full division of hosts. So I'm very excited to have you all here. Yeah, yeah very definitely. Yeah, it's going to be fun talking about kind of the general overview. So I say there's no, no point in getting busted around. Let, let's get right into it. We're all going to go around and share kind of our, our two-minute overview, our elevator pitch of the team, if you will. Um, and I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but since the, the Pirates might finish last, Ethan, we'll give you the opportunity to go first to share the, the news about the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2021. Yeah. 
All right. Well, as everybody knows, that's probably listening. The Pirates are one of the more active teams in Major League Baseball, <laughs> which was a good and a bad thing, just because you traded away three of your top players in Jamison Tyone, Joe Musgrove, and Josh Bell. So the casual fan who's not maybe a Pirates fan probably could maybe tell you one guy that's on the team, and that's Key Brian Hayes, who I'm predicting wins Rookie of the Year this year after his 376 outing and 85 at-bats last year. Um, but this season is a lot more about uh, individual performances for the Pittsburgh Pirates with guys like Mitch Keller, Brian Reynolds, Anthony Alford, uh, Cole Tucker, Colin Moran, um, Jacob Stallings, pretty much the whole lineup. So wins and losses won't be that important. It'll be more about who does Ben Sherrington have to build for the future. So that's pretty much what's going to be going on in Pittsburgh. Maybe we steal some games in there from the other four teams, and because it's pretty much a four-team race, one of those wins might end up being the, like, thorn in a team's side or something, but that's really where we're at. Yeah, definitely, you know, a lot of prospects and things to be excited for for the future, but maybe not necessarily 2021. Um, I don't know what the rest of the division looks like. It could be packed at the top four. So we'll move on to the Cardinals' rival and have Sean Sears go next. Tell us about the Cubs in 2021, Sean. Yeah, it was trying. I was trying to figure out what the heck they were going to do this offseason because I know I, I think Lucas, you and I have had a couple podcasts where we like talked about like Kyle Schwarber maybe ended up in the Cardinals. He's with the Washington Nationals now. We we, we joked about Chris Bryant trades a bunch this offseason, but they're <laughs> back and the Cubs apparently are like so confident in them being back. They're going to like flood social media with Brizzo picks. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope they're not playing with with our emotions, but uh 2021's gonna be weird for the Cubs. Uh it's such a weird outlook on the season because like like looking back a couple of years ago, the Cubs really wanted the season because it was the last year of Chris Bryant's control and they started off by trading you Darvish. Um but as the offseasons come together they, they've kind of put together a, a decent looking team. It looks like they'll still be competitive in this division. I think it has more to do with a lot of the other teams not spending a ton of money this year, but um, they did add some additions. There's some guys on this roster I'm interested in, but I, I think the big question is going to be, can, can the offensive guys we saw take a big step back last year, um, come back to career norms or, or push up to where we thought their potential might be coming into 20. And then what happens with that pitching staff? Cause without you Darvish, Kyle Hendricks is a pitcher and Kyle Davies came off a pretty strong season um, with the, uh, with the San Diego Padres. But after that, a lot of question marks, Jake Arrieta's on this team, and that's awesome. But uh, sorry, Ethan, I'm sure 2015 still hurts. Um, yeah, I still awesome. love that day. I love Jake Arrieta, and that's awesome. But to expect him to put any numbers up like he did in his final few games as a Cub is probably a lot to ask for. So there's a lot of questions. Um, this team could still probably win maybe 80 games, maybe 90. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, definitely, definitely a lot of questions. And you and I talked about that they've come a long way since 2016 and probably not in the way that we, we thought they would have. <laughs> yeah, but, completely um, opposite direction. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with the man in the amazing mouse rat t-shirt next. Jeff Carr, tell us about the excitingness of the Cincinnati Reds in 2021. Oh my gosh. It's a very confusing excitingness because they're coming off of a year where they were terrible for the first half and they were amazing for the second half and then they disappeared in the playoffs. And they built on that by welcoming everybody back who put together a 212 uh, batting average and a weirdly top 10 OPS when it came to the National League. So it's it's really hard to figure out what this team is, especially when they decided to field a team that doesn't include a shortstop. And they've got all these guys that they say are competing for it. 
Nobody believes in any of them, and we're not really sure what's going to happen there. So it's going to be interesting to see if they just field a team with only seven position players. That might be a thing this year. Uh, All in all, though, very excited to see some bounce backs from different guys. I mean, you've got the awesomeness that was Shogo Akiyama in September. Hopefully he can be the leadoff hitter. And you've got a rotation that, while it did lose the Cy Young Award winner, they still are pretty strong. I I wouldn't say they're as deep as they were last year, but you still got Castillo. You still got Gray, and you've got the up and coming Tyler Malley, which most people may not know this, but if you looked deep enough, Tyler Malley actually had a better ERA than Sonny Gray last year. So it's, it's a talented top end of the rotation. They got to figure out is Wade Miley still in this? Uh, What do they got in the fifth rotation spot? And they felt comfortable enough maybe comfortable, maybe they just wanted to save money, I don't know, and letting go of Rice Iglesias and Archie Bradley. But they've replaced them with some interesting guys. They got Cam Bedrosian on a minor league deal with invite dispatch. I don't know how you get that guy in a minor league deal. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring. They got Sean Doolittle, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi Doolittle. Uh, he's coming up. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a really fun season, and I also think it's going to be a really frustrating season. I'm going to eat a lot of fry box trying to figure this team out. More coming up from the NL Central crew and myself in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the new and improved Built Bar. They've got 18 incredible flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. My favorite one, as you guys know, is cookies and cream. But a couple of other of my favorites include cherry barcia, coconut, double chocolate, orange, and mint brownie. Every single one of these bars are soft and easy to chew. And best of all, they're covered 100%. That's right, 100% in delicious chocolate. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat, even though they're covered in that chocolate, because all bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. For example, the cookies and cream has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and as always, that incredible Built Bar taste. While supplies last, you get a free cooler with your purchase, so head over to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code has changed to LOCKEDON20. Locked on to zero to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Once again, that is locked on 20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You can follow the walking baseball encyclopedia of Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis from the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> well, you'll enjoy, enjoy the fry box, man. And yeah, I really like the Glacius. I was sad, sad to see him go, but we'll save mine for last. And we'll, we'll go ahead and have Jake tell us about, about the Brewers since they, they did steal the gold glove second baseman from the Cardinals. So Jake, tell us about the Brewers. Yes. Yeah, so the Brewers obviously are in an interesting season because um, obviously the pitching kind of carried them last year, which the bit, a bit unusual from the norm of of the Brewers kind of having a bunch of sluggers in the lineup, but honestly, everybody on the offensive side uh, underperformed last year. So certainly hoping that the pitching, you know, stays the same and that the offense gets back to their career norms. I mean, you had Lorenzo Cain who ended up opting out. You had Christian Yelich, you know, struggling, hitting around 212. Kesson Hira struggling, Avisel Garcia struggling. I mean, you went down the lineup and everybody 
on the offense underperformed last year. So um, just hoping that those guys get back really to their normal levels. And you hope that, you know, Corbin Burns breakout was for real. You hope that Brandon Woodruff just continues and stay healthy. And the Brewers, you know, got a really solid team. They're really solid foundation Obviously, you know, Colton Wong, uh, sorry about that. Lucas is, yeah. <laughs> was the big pickup, you know, of the, of the off season. And he's really just going to sure up that defense. The Brewers got some pitchers at the back of the rotation uh, who really, you know, d- depend on the defense behind them. A lot of ground ball guys. So uh, getting Colton Wong, there's definitely going to help out a lot and getting Kane back in center, you know, who he's getting up there in age a little bit, but still a, a pretty good solid uh, defensive center fielder. I think it's going to be big for the pitching staff. Uh, the big question going into spring training is going to be at shortstop, uh, which looks like it's going to be a battle between Luis Urias and Orlando Arcia. So that's going to be the big thing to figure out in spring training, whoever wins that job there. Um, you know, if Arcia is there, he's really made some, some big steps defensively. Obviously the bat hasn't progressed the way Brewers fans were hoping, um, but that'd be a really good, you know, up the middle defense with RC and Wong and Kane in center field. I like the yeah. thoughts of that, but it seems like the Brewers really want Urias to get a shot there at shortstop after making the big trade for him last year. So we'll see how that pans out for him. But again, if the, if the offense in the lineup just bounces back to their normal levels, I really like the Brewers chances. Yeah, I would even say, Jake, like if Christian Yelich just bounces back, I mean, he's probably the best player in this division. It's insane that guy didn't have have the season he did. Um, He he, he even just puts up like career norms. The Brewers are right in the conversation, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, and I keep telling everybody on my podcast too, 2020 numbers, I don't put a lot of stock in. I mean, Yelich was starting to figure it out towards the end of September. If that's a whole 162-game season, I think he gets back to, you know, around his career norm. So, you know, I have – you know, no doubts that he's going to back uh, be one of the best players in baseball again in 2021. That's yeah. bullpen in the division by far. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, Devin yeah. Williams, how did that guy – like, what in the world? Like, he just right. made the Cubs look silly. Yeah. yeah. Give up one earned yeah, run we'll, the whole year or something stupid like that. Right. Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy. I just can't wait for Colton Wong now to, like, screw over the Pirates in, like, the most imaginable way possible, except for the Milwaukee Brewers now. And what I forget what they call it. Like, Pirate fans call your stadium. I think it's, like, the, like, brewing, like, something palace. Because, like, every time we go and play there, we lose in the most imaginable way possible. <laughs> yeah, it like, seems like that happens uh, in a lot of different places for Pittsburgh. I could be wrong. but uh, Yeah, <laughs> it seems to be the trend. <laughs> We just fight Cincinnati all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, all right. I, so I, before we jump into Lucas's thing, I, I want to say the irony here is that the team that did the most in the offseason to add the most is now the team that is talking last. So, all right, Lucas, you can. <laughs> yeah. thank, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Well, obviously, when you think about the Cardinals offseason, it, it was nothing pretty much until January, mid, mid late January, and then Ken Rosenthal sends out that tweet of, you know, here we go again, Arnado and the Cardinals were talking, and I was like, whatever. It, 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 we've had this conversation for the last year and a half, and then it happened, and then it was a crazy frenzy for a couple of weeks, and this this team, you know, in my opinion, I mean, other than maybe the Brewers, improved the most from their 2020 selves. Um, and again, I agree that you can take 2020 with a grain of salt, but just with the fact that you have now – probably the, the best first third base combination in all of baseball with Arnaud and Goldschmidt that helps this offense a ton. Um, pitching wise, I'm really high. I talk about this pretty much any day in my podcast. I'm really high on this pitching staff. They might not have the best, 
you know, number one names outside of Jack Flaherty, who was named the opening day starter. Um, but, but I really love the depth of the staff from this, both the starting rotation and down to the bullpen. Um, I'm, I'm in love with this pitching staff. I think it can carry them a long ways. The biggest question mark for this team is going to be the outfield. Um, you've got a lot of high risk, high downside guys and Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, who I'll talk about in the prospect segment of the show. But um, a lot of guys that have electric capability, um, Bader's as fast as a lightning bolt. O'Neill has light tower power, but it's just a matter of can they put it all together and not hit 210 uh, for a year? Um, and can they anchor the outfield well enough? So if the outfield plays to their expectations, I don't have too many other question marks outside of that. Obviously losing Wong is a big, big loss, but I'm honest. I'm honestly, this could just be me being excited about the Arenado and looking at this brand new shiny thing and being excited about it. But I am really excited for the Cardinals heading into 2021. Um, I was just looking at this and this is kind of a wild stat for all five teams, but they're taught. They were talking about transactions since that's kind of what the talk was about. Talent leaving the NL central had a 44.2 war talent joining the NL central had a 6.6. <laughs> Thank you, Nolan Arenado. That, and that was, and <laughs> keep in mind that 6.6 is, or that 6.6, 6.9 of that comes from Nolan Arenado himself. <laughs> so that number was 0. 0.3 or negative 0. 0.3 yeah. at one point. Thank that you. Thank you, Jake. Jake Arietta is probably the other side of that. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. When you trade you Darvish away, <laughs> um, it's gonna the division's gonna take a hit. Joe Musgrove, Jamison Tyone, right? Josh Bell, that's a huge hit. Yeah. Trevor so to our friends that host podcasts for the NL West and the NL East, we're, what we're saying is have a fun 2021. We're yeah. just gonna watch we're just gonna, it. Enjoy yeah, all the good four, guys. Just, yeah. We're just going to like battle all year and I'm just going to be back here with my popcorn, just watching it all happen. <laughs> well, the NL Central really might be one of the, the NL East. Well, you could argue that the other divisions are stronger. They're only stronger because we made them stronger. Like we're, we're going to take credit for whoever exactly. wins the World Series. <laughs> You're welcome, baseball. Yeah. Right. Didn't love um, me then, don't love me now.